Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. It's Rebecca, and we are here today with Susanna Stoica. She has a four-part cookbook series, and I'm gonna. Oh, is it a five-part cookbook series? Yes. So I thought the first was just was a book about brain injury, and then four cookbooks, or is it five cookbooks now? Five cookbooks. Wow, you have been a busy lady. Yes, I released actually the last two this month. Okay. Wow. Well, I will have to look and make sure I have the link to your fifth book because I have four in my notes. Um, But I was reading and I had read that you earned a PhD in computer engineering with a thesis in computers with circuits modeling brain cell functionality. Wow. Yes. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about what that, I mean. How did I get that? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> which part of my life do you want uh, how did I get to be a healer and the engineer at the same time it's crazy yeah it's kind of crazy um, what happens is that I was always interested in the brain and because I was interested in the brain I ended up uh, being uh, the first promotion of computer engineers in my country of origin which is Romania and uh, when I had to choose the topic for the thesis, I chose, a, uh, I chose to design a computer with this uh, surface that models the neural cells. Now, I didn't know exactly what I was choosing, but interestingly enough, it was exactly up my alley. It was a very interesting project because at that time, all over the world, people were working on it. And... Uh, I could get very little information in Romania. So I went from uh, scientific article to scientific article. I had some people I contacted in the US and I had a, uh, by the end of it actually, I I built a small computer working with uh, models of neural cells. Uh, So how is that uh, different from just building a, a regular computer? It's, uh, the circuits are much more powerful than uh, the normal circuits because they are uh, reasoning the same way a neural cell uh, reasons, which is you have multiple inputs and the inputs are weighed according to their importance. Uh, Usually uh, circuits have all inputs the same weight, so the same importance. And because they are weighed, it's kind of thinking, like uh, the thought process. So it's very, very efficient. Fascinating. Yeah. So uh, I, I was uh, very enchanted by the subject. So I ended up uh, being offered, because I built this small computer, to do my PhD in the same thing. And of course, I took it with both hands. So that's how I ended up having a, a thesis in that uh, subject. Wow. Now the healing uh, is because I was looking for some solution uh, to help my husband uh, because he was having really bad backaches. Uh, 
and uh, I ended up uh, buying a book about the polarity healing, which is inspired by uh, Chinese medicine. Um, it uh, wasn't enough. I went on the, on the course because the uh, end of the book was saying, don't try it without having a proper training. And when I was at the course, uh, when we were practicing, my hands took off. And I happened to heal this person who was uh, my partner. And I got scared because my hands were working on their own. I couldn't control my hands anymore. And uh, when I looked in total panic at my teacher, uh, he just stayed with it from the front of the room. I didn't have a choice. What was really interesting is that after that, we took a break. Uh, and uh, while I was doing the healing, I had some images which were given back to me by the lady who I was working on. And she told me that she had a very bad uh, flu and after that she couldn't breathe and no one could find out what was wrong. She took several antibiotics, nothing helped. And now she was breathing. So I went home in total shock. <laughs> told my dad about it. And he said, ah, you were doing healing when you were seven years old. What? Said, don't you remember when mom walked into a window and she cut badly her forehead and I asked you to bandage her because I, uh, my dad would faint at the sight of blood. And so he gave me seven-year-old cotton and bandages and uh, alcohol to clean. And I remember then uh, the cut was really bad. So I feel the need to put my finger on the cut till it's the, the bleeding stop. So I bandaged my mom. She looked like a space cadet, of course. <laughs> went to the doctor and when the doctor took the bandages off, she says, if you would have come right away, I, I would probably have had her the, these clamps because of those times they were losing clamps, metal clamps. But now it's nothing to be done. Just as a person who uh, closed the injury to uh, change the bandage once a day. And as my dad, my mom and dad were walking out the room, they say, by the way, who did this? Uh, because my dad told him that it was just a couple of hours ago. Says my seven-year-old, <laughs> so he came home smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that wow. was the beginning. Wow. Now, how did you get from there? And I know that there's a brain injury that comes into play somewhere, but how did you get from there to writing cookbooks? Have you always loved cooking or how do these things mesh together? Uh, I always loved cooking. Uh, uh -huh. uh, my uh, family refused to go to restaurants because I said uh, my cooking was better. Uh, certainly, well, I, I think they were nice, but we uh, have that in common. Healthier. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I had a double brain injury. I was at the peak of my uh, career as an engineer. I was uh, in company consultant at a large uh, automotive company. Um, I was uh, working in a medical practice as a resident healer, helping them diagnose very complicated cases, as well as doing my healing work. This was a very nice balance before between my left and right brains. It really 
um, helped me be more inventive as an engineer and relaxed me from engineering. So it was a win-win. And uh, then I had a slip and fall, twi actually twice in the same day. And uh, I ended up not being able to talk any language that I speak, and I speak several. I had a pain all over my body, horrible headaches, um, whatever they tried, I couldn't get rid of the headaches. Uh, eventually my body ache, uh, constant body ache, which didn't let me sleep properly, ended up to give me fibromyalgia. Uh, and I had to find my way back because I couldn't, I, I could see only about, uh, I tried to do mazes, which was impossible, children's mazes, and I couldn't make sense of it. That was already a few months later. Um, I would see about an inch by an inch only of the maze. So my vision was uh, affected everything. And uh, when I started finally to get out of it, by using my no previous knowledge of working with brain injury because I was very good at it. And people with brain injuries would come and I would be able to help them. So uh, I finally realized after paying a lot of money for useless therapies that I'd better use my knowledge to get myself uh, on my feet again. And one of the things I uh, started using is cooking. It was, cooking is very, very difficult for people with brain injuries because you can't uh, use sequencing. Sequencing is very, very difficult. Uh, you can't follow the steps. It's enough somebody to say one word and you forgot where you are. Okay. So uh, I had to devise a method for myself to be able to cook. And it too, I remember my first recipe was uh, whatever my uh, family liked best, which was a cream of mushroom soup. And I worked a whole week to write up a recipe the way I could actually cook it, which means very, very detailed steps. And so I would uh, erase, you know, a high, with a highlighter, whatever I did already, so I, I don't uh, do the steps twice or uh, feel, forget steps. And that's what the start of my cooking. Now, it took me uh, over 10 years to, to be able to put enough uh, recipes together and uh, started cooking again. In the beginning, I was able to cook only something very, very simple. Uh, and then slowly, slowly, it was more and more complicated. But for many, many years, I could cook only one dish at a time. And that I would shop one day and cook the other day. And it was no music, no talking to me, nothing. And uh, concentration on, on what you were doing. Yeah, concentration exclusively on that. And also I have some, uh, I would do exercises to calm myself down before I would start to make sure that uh, I can focus. Uh, what is most interesting about cookbooks that when I started doing this uh, cookbook number four and five, of course I recooked everything uh, before re releasing the books. I don't know how many times I cooked all, every recipe. <laughs> 
and uh, I found myself improving and it was uh, 19 years later. How many years? 19 years, it was 19. in 2000. Yeah, wow. still improving which is uh, amazing. So now I can cook as many dishes as I want, uh, mix them together. Um, it, it's amazing. I was so happy that I, I even improved at this point in time. So this was a major project. Yes, this was a, a huge project. 19 years of cooking. So did your cookbooks come out in a series, like one before the other? Did you release them all at the same time? How, I released, how uh, last year I released three of them. And uh, I released the simplest one, the more, more complex. I say you go from one, two, three, four, five, they are more and more complex. So if someone with a brain injury wanted to use your cookbooks to get started back, um, preparing meals, it would be better to start with book number one. I even mentioned that in my cookbook. Okay. And so what are the, what, what are the steps you said you had to expand on and really add a lot of details because I guess, and this is what I was thinking as you were explaining the process of getting back in the kitchen. And I, I realized that now um, that a lot of steps in cooking kind of overlap one another. So I guess that was where the problem started coming in with the brain injury is that overlap area. Uh, first of all, I cooked, I, uh, the first cookbook doesn't have any oven cooking in it. Okay. Because that was one of the problems. You forgot about it. You forgot, put it you put in, the oven in the oven. For, yeah. Uh, also, there are very few steps in those recipes. And uh, as I was cooking, I, I, may, I added ovens and I added uh, uh, more and more steps and more and more ingredients till the last book has uh, a soup that requires two uh, steps. And I divided, I wrote it up, this, you cook this first, and then you cook that for, uh, after that. So there are not overlapping steps ever, anywhere. Well, I think that could be beneficial for more people <laughs> than you would think. You know, I mean, honestly, all six of my kids enjoy cooking to a certain degree, but I think, you know, with younger kids, sometimes that overlap, maybe it's because their brain isn't fully developed yet, that, you know, that overlap can cause some problems in cooking. So really, I'm kind of thinking that this might be a good cookbook for starter beginner chefs as well. Uh, yes, it's absolutely. The book is uh, dedicated to Emilia and Luke, which are my grandkids. Well, that is sweet. <laughs> nice. So do they like to get into the kitchen with you? I'm, I'm guessing yes. They are in the kitchen at one and three. <laughs> wow. Okay. Get up on, uh, especially my granddaughter, who is three years old, gets up on, uh, there is a special uh, gizmo that you can buy now for them which is like a, a cage uh, on all four sides you have the cage and then you uh, go up some steps and get into this cage and she goes up and uh, she can crack eggs she's mixing stuff 
so she loves it. <laughs> I love that. I'm a huge advocate for getting kids in the kitchen as early as possible. I think it, it helps them develop in so many different ways. Yes, it's a, it's a very good uh, multitasking tool. Plus, you teach them what is healthy to eat. Right. And I noticed that was one of the aspects of your book is that you said that when you decided to take on this project, you thought, well, I may as well go ahead and make everything healthy as well. Yes. Yes. I, I uh, took standard recipes from different traditions and make the, made them healthy. And one of the drivers was that at that time, my, when I started, my husband was diagnosed with diabetes. So they are uh, lots of very few of the recipes are not diabetic uh, friendly. Most of them are. So most of the recipes are good for that. And I think I read that you said some of the recipes were um, like low fat and they can be adapted for people doing ketogenic diets. Yes. Do you feel like uh, ketogenic would be a good diet to follow maybe for someone with a brain injury? Uh, as a healer, I don't agree with uh, limited diets, which take out completely certain the things from your diet. Right. Uh, I'd rather uh, follow something that, like the Ayurvedic diet, which tells you certain foods you eat at certain times of the year, which knowing uh, many cooking traditions, I know that it is part. For example, Hungarian cooking, Romanian cooking have uh, summer food and uh, winter food. So more following the same. And Ayurvedic uh, cooking has the same thing. So following that, it it makes much more sense rather than be um, limited. Right. At the same time, uh, from what I know about the keto diet, is an excellent diet for people with cancer. Yes, I, I agree. I've read a lot of research about um, people with cancer using the ketogenic diet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just wondered if perfect. there was a correlation between, you know, high fat diets and, you know, ha having a healthy brain. But I agree with you. Any, you know, when you have a diet that's really restrictive, you know, there's something that's going to be left out. So. Yeah. For example, potatoes are a very good uh, source of trace minerals. Right, especially when you leave the skins on. Yeah, uh, is, is that the skin is good for uh, also for uh, fiber. So if you have a baked potato, that's a, a very good thing because if you boil it, it uh, leaches out uh, the minerals. Or you can bake it and uh, you can put as much butter on it as you wish. So if you want to make it more ketogenic, but it's very nice to have uh, that concentration of, of minerals. People need it. Right. I like the idea of following the seasons with your food. So what's, lo you know, what's in season right now, eating that or focusing on, you know, local foods. I think that's much better than following a restrictive style diet as well. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, in summer, we eat more salads. And it makes sense because we are hot. But in winter, eating a lot of salad when you are already cold is not a good idea. So you need something which is hot in your, in your stomach in order to function properly. 
Right. That makes sense. So in your books, as you're um, writing these books and they're getting more advanced, I guess you could say as they go on. So in the last cookbook, it's number five, basically yes. the end of the series, or is there more to come? Uh, I am entertaining the idea if people really like and the books uh, take off to make uh, individual books for individual uh, cooking traditions. But for now, I think I am cooked out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in your family is full. Including all my friends. <laughs> I know. Every time I was cooking, I was cooking a lot so they could take home. Right. So they want another cookbook. I bet they do. I have the same situation whenever I try out a new recipe for my website. I'll make it multiple times because I want to make sure that I'm getting it. And so I'm like, does anyone want to come over and taste test or can I bring you a serving? And, and that's a, always a big hit among the people in my area. So I can relate, but you're we become very popular, don't we? <laughs> right. So do you know how many recipes you have all total? Um, it's around uh, 80 recipes. I don't know. I didn't count them. That's a good bit. And especially yeah. when you consider um, making them repeatedly and then photos and things like that, that would take quite a while. The photos uh, could take quite a while, especially that I have also shopping lists with photos because one of the problems when i uh, had the brain injury in the beginning i couldn't connect the name of the ingredient to how it looks like so i needed to have a reference and uh, so i i am providing uh, shopping lists well that i think that's unique and very helpful for people i mean honestly i've i haven't had a brain injury but i can imagine that that would be helpful just for even busy people so I just, I'm trying to get, you know, I'm thinking that it would be beneficial for, it's not just a cookbook for people with a brain injury. It's for yeah, everyone. I had, right? I had people to tell me, now I can finally start cooking myself. Yeah. It's not so daunting to, to start cooking because in regular cookbooks, you have things that people know, so you don't write them out. Right. That's what I'm saying. The author assumes that you know this step, which is why I think it's genius. It's perfect even for kids or beginners because every single step is written out. You've went to great detail to make sure everything is included and nothing's left out. There's no guesswork. Yeah. Including uh, at the end of the recipes, I, uh, I tell people if they can refrigerate it or not because uh, I suggest people with brain injuries to keep, cook a bigger batch and refrigerate so they can have a variety of uh, food. That's a good idea. And uh, I also mentioned, because that's another problem for somebody with brain injury, what goes with what? So uh, if you have a certain uh, food, does it go with salads? Does it go with mashed potatoes? Does it go so basically you made um, suggestions for pairings and things like that, yeah. like side dishes. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I think that it's just the best thing ever that you have created this series of cookbooks. 
for people. And I, I actually remember reading something and, you know, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you about it, um, that you had worked with some Asperger's. Um, yes. Can you tell me just a little bit about that before we go? Uh, it's very interesting. I found Asperger's, um, at least for all the people I worked with, as being purely energetic problem. That's why they can't find the cure. And it's, uh, people don't know about it, uh, but we have an energy circulation, which has to happen through our bodies, through what uh, the Hindu tradition says is a chakra system, which are energetic centers in our body, which go on uh, the spine area. If that circulation doesn't happen, we have self-esteem problem, concentration problems, all sorts of uh, physical problems and mental problems. By opening up that circulation, people can regain their function, can relate better to people. And I had cases when uh, people who wouldn't uh, were very nervous and couldn't relate to anyone uh, after having uh, opened this channel, became uh, more responsive, were able to finish school, um, and uh, become members of the, of the society. Wow. And which so they do that by, I'm sorry, go ahead. Which is very interesting for me to have an illness which is totally energetic. Wow. And so what, I mean, what is the process for clearing these? Uh, it's an energetic process. You have to open up those uh, channels. Hmm. And who would someone go to see? Like, you know, say they were looking for someone locally. Uh, I do my work uh, a long distance, all my work. Oh, you do? I saw on your website where you had um, like three different evaluation sessions. Um, uh, I have an original evaluation session, which uh, I, uh, uh, first of all, I usually have a discussion with the person to make sure that I am the right person for them. Because sometimes I find people coming to me with things that are best uh, fixed by a chiropractor or a osteopathic doctor, or they need some tests, physical tests to be done by their family doctor to eliminate certain causes. Because uh, if it's a, an old physical problem, I might not be the right person. Mm -hmm. Uh, or in conjunction with what I'm doing, they need adjustments. So I usually have the discussions and if uh, I am the right person, then we, we have an initial evaluation, which is uh, looking at the energy field, does in, doing the, the first adjustments to the field. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean by adjustment is that everybody has a certain vibration or frequency of the field and a certain strength. And uh, you go into the field and you feel it and some regions would be different. And those are which you have to work so the whole energetic system works together properly. And when that happens, our own programming from birth to get us healthy works perfectly. Wow.
So healers don't heal. Healers just balance the energy field. So once I do that, then I have an idea uh, what type of uh, sessions they need. Usually they need the uh, follow-up healing sessions. And uh, those are very different for very uh, different people. I can never tell them how many sessions they will need. I only know that uh, the person is close to be do uh, being done when the energy field starts holding the healthy pattern from session to session. Wow, okay. And wow. they can sign on in, on uh, my website. And right, then I saw you have a, kind of a work with me section and a drop down menu where it's yes. sign up for that. Okay, well, I will make sure to put the link to your website and all of your cookbooks in the show notes for this. Um, do you want to tell us what all uh, where we can find you on social media? Are you on all the social media or? I am. A, I have a Facebook recovering from brain injury. But the most information, I try to put an information to stay, and that is on my website, thehealingbraininjury.com. Thehealingbraininjury.com. I did see you had a YouTube channel as well. Yes, I have, uh, but all that information is connected to my website. Okay, so if we just go to your website, that's where everything's going to be found. Yes, because that's much easier for a brain injured person go to one place. place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was really nice talking to you today. It was so nice to meet you and I'm excited about your cookbooks. I'm a huge fan of cookbooks. I'm, I actually have a, a little problem with collecting too many cookbooks. <laughs> I know the problem. I know. <laughs> and so I feel like we're a little bit of kindred spirits in that department. So my family says the same thing that you say yours does. They don't want to go out to eat. They want to eat at home. <laughs> so that's good because right. if you go out, you, uh, because people usually like fats, uh, sweets and uh, carbs, that's what you get uh, at home. You can choose what you, you eat and they can eat much healthier. Exactly. And at home too, I think it's more of a, like the environment of just the being together. I like to have an open area where even if the kids aren't helping me cook, we can kind of be in the same area. So yeah, the whole cooking process is a, is a collective fun stuff that you can do with your family and eating together. It's very important for the family. It is. I think it's one of the most important things families can do is to have time together around the table. Yes, it's very important. Well, Susanna, thank you so much for coming on here. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your, what I'm sure is a very busy schedule to meet with me. Yeah. And thank you very much for having me. This was a real fun meeting. Right. It was great. I, I just, I'm, I'm very impressed with all of that that you do. And I, I'm going to make sure that I have all of the links to your cookbooks and your website and everything in in the show notes for this episode. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. And good luck with cooking. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening. Please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.